0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com
1: Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Scots. I'm Katie Balls and today I'm joined by Fraser nelson Stephen daisy and Michael Simmons. Um, to kick us off, we just had the SNP leadership announcement. I think to no great surprise, Humza Youssef has uh, won, but it was on second preference votes. So Michael, could you just run us through how the votes shook out?
2: Absolutely. So in the first round of voting, Hamza Youssef did win with about 24,000 votes. But that was not enough to get through on the first round because Forbes got just under 21,000 and then Ash Reagan got about 5,500. So those votes transferred in the second round, and then Yusuf ended up winning with 26,000 to Forbes' 24,000, which works out at that golden ratio, 52-48. But I think what's interesting about the results is that only about 50,000 members voted, which is a turnout of 70%. And when you think that it was an online election, and it's pretty easy to vote, it's maybe a bit surprising that that many people didn't vote.
1: So Stephen, we have a fifty-two forty-eight. Are you surprised by that margin? The fact it was, you know, uh, particularly if you think about all the efforts by the S machinery really to try and shore up him as so a um, he doesn't have a clearer lead.
2: Oh yeah, fifty-two forty-eight percent. That's that's a ratio that always spells calm times ahead. I, I think that probably they they were expecting this to be more of a of a comprehensive victory for. For Hamza Youssef. I I think the the point about turnout as well is really interesting because I mean yes it was seventy percent turnout this time with you know electronic voting. If you go back to the last uh, SNP leadership election that was in two thousand and four when Alex Salmon came back, the turnout then was seventy nine percent, and that was when they were out of government. In this election, they're they are obviously in the uh, in government have been for sixteen years. They're were voting to replace their most successful leader, Nicola Surgeon, and still about you know just under a third of SNP members didn't want to take part in that. Now whether that was the sort of rancorous and fractious nature of the campaign or they didn't like the candidates that were on offer, who knows? But I think that is a really interesting figure. But but you know, the headline of fifty-two, forty-eight percent, you know, it, it is it's not particularly resounding. I think that that is spoken to by the fact that Hamza Yusuf quite quickly in his acceptance speech started to talk about healing divisions and bringing the party together and uh, and in fact he said that um, immediately after he was finished answering journalists' questions he would be Sitting down with Kate Forbes and Ash Regan, which you know, again, as as I said, in this a pretty bitter uh, um, leadership election. You know, d- you know, at one point during this election, Kate Forbes, you know, even suggested that she would, you know, effectively sack Hamza um, Yusuf as health secretary if she won. So I think that was, it's sort of telling that he is sort of very quickly starting to talk about. Bringing the party together because this, that ratio of of fifty two forty eight does suggest, you know, a party that is is pretty divided.
1: So Fraser, picking up on what Stephen was just saying uh, do you think this means that Hamzah Yusuf has much of a mandate or even much authority? Over his party?
0: Well, a lot of leadership elections where votes are redistributed normally end up tight. Uh, and I think it's you know, a win is a win. And I, I don't think um, he's going to be seen as a, a wounded candidate because it was 52-48 as opposed to a bigger margin. I'm actually astonished at how well Kate Forbes did, given that you know she started the campaign by talking about her faith positions, which, in a lot of people's eyes, would disqualify her. I mean Ruth Davidson was saying that Kate Forbes has just um, blown up her campaign, she wouldn't get anywhere. In fact, she fought a very professional and effective campaign, and had it gone on for um, a bit longer, she might even have have won. I'd be very interested to see what Kate Forbes does now. Is she going to serve under Hamza Yusuf, or is she going to continue her maternity leave, or, or in fact just go back to being a, a backbencher? I wouldn't surprise me if she decides to do that and sits out. After all, am Yusuf is rather accident prone, and a lot of his detractors would think that he's going to be a sort of List Trust-style wrecking ball swinging along in his party, a gaff machine who's going to be out in nine months, leaving um, Kate Forbes to pick up the baton yet again. Now, I've got no idea if that's going to happen or not, but certainly if you did envisage Yusuf being a debacle, you'd want to keep a safe distance from that leadership. So that might be what Kate does. Certainly I think it's... um, safe to say that he is a unionist candidate. When the first round of voting got through, I imagine many unionists thought, my word, what if Ash Reagan's second preference votes were to go for Kate Forbes? I mean, a lot of people thought that that was what would happen. So when we first saw that first round of votes, it was plausible that Kate Forbes would make it over the line. So I think, um, I know that Stephen's argued this as well, that the unionist's best candidate has won and therefore if you're a unionist you should be pretty pleased by the way things have gone today.
1: Yes Stephen, what do you think this means for the Scottish Tories and Labour ultimately, as Fraser makes the point I think you've seen as a, a candidate that both parties can live with but had Kate Forbes won you could have had a situation when perhaps some more socially progressive voters who, who didn't like some of Kate Forbes' comments on you know, gay marriage and so forth might might have moved to Scottish Labour?
2: I mean, Kate Forbes was the candidate that the opposition, certainly people in the opposition parties that I spoke to, she was the candidate they didn't want to win, particularly the Scottish Tories, though I have to say even in Labour there were, you know, real concerns about her. Uh, And the problem, you know, with Kate Forbes was from the perspective of the opposition, here was someone who is on a kind of personal religious level a social conservative. She's also something of a, a fiscal moderate. But... You know her kind of political um, pitch in this election camp, this leadership election campaign, was not so much vote for me to advance independence. It was vote for me because I want to eradicate poverty, and you know she was putting social justice uh, the kind of at the front and centre of her campaign. So. You know, from both a Labour perspective and a Tory perspective in Scotland, you know, Kate Forbes could have been real trouble. Hamza Yusuf was more explicitly, I wouldn't say centre-left. I mean, I think like Nicholas Sturgeon, he is rhetorically a centre-left politician, and also like Nicholas Sturgeon, yes, you could, you know, maybe see, you know, a little uptick in in taxation here and there, nothing hugely radical, but in terms of like, you know, substance, you're not. Gonna, I don't. I don't think he's going to do anything transformative economically for for the Tories I mean they probably will see his victory as a, as a lifeline for them not even so much because of the economics but more because you know because the result has is so close that you know Yusuf is going to have to sort of start to make noises for People who, you know, in his grassroots are really, really impatient for independence. And, you know, that is going to, you know, hamper his ability to, you know, be the the first minister for all of Scotland that he was talking about uh, in his victory speech. It's sort of difficult for Hamza Yusuf now because he, uh, on the one hand, he has to convince this. I mean, on on the first, you know, preferences alone, 41%. Um, voted for Kate Forbes and 11% for Ash Regan. So, uh, you know, he he obviously has a lot of work to do within his own party, but in reassuring them uh, and the obvious issue in which to appeal to them seems to be independence. Does he risk pushing away others? There's also the question of his you know, legacy as Health Secretary that Anna Sarwar, the Scottish Labour leader, has been hammering away at for a long, long time. And so, you know, this is a, a First Minister who has a, you know, he does have a track record of um, not just policy delivery failures, but also embarrassing political gaffes. So I think both Scottish Labour and the Scottish Tories essentially got the result they wanted today.
1: And Fraser, himself Yusuf was very much seen as the continuity candidate. So can we expect much to change?
0: Had Kate Forbes won this, she would have taken a broom and swept up the stables of the S&P hierarchy. A hierarchy, by the way, whose implosion we saw midway through the campaign, where their chief executive, Peter Murrell, Nicola Sturgeon's husband, had to resign basically after having been found out trying to cover up a 30% fall in S&P membership numbers. They've had complete power for quite a while, and that shows in slightly decayed structures and of course the SNP hierarchy chose Hamza Yusuf they all got together at the beginning of the campaign and decided who was going to be their official candidate was it going to be Angus Robertson or Yusuf and they went for the latter So he is likely to dance with the ones who brung him, as it were. And um, I think he will not be implementing the kind of root and branch reform that Kate Forbes was going to do. But there's one other thing which does strike me about all this. And it's something which I think as a country we quite rightly don't really mention because it's not important. But if you believe in a multi-faith democracy, as I do then there's something striking about the fact that we've now got a Muslim Scottish First Minister, a Hindu British Prime Minister, a Buddhist Home Secretary, a Muslim Mayor of London. These are positions which you would not really expect to see in the rest of Western Europe. Um, uh, Rishi Sunak has got a a Ganesh, a little Muslim idol, on his desk. And I struggle to imagine an American president doing the same way or uh, producing a little comment in America as it would do here so if you um, like Britain's uh, so so that's something which to me anyway is a source of national pride there's a huge bunch of things I think I love about this country and our ability, our boast of being the greatest melting pot in the western world I think is one of these things and we can see it reflected in the um, S&P vote today
1: Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Michael.